When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who are all too aware of the Sharpay Evans to Rachel Berry pipeline. I'm Hannah Leach, a multidisciplinary artist, audio producer, and allergic to a clockable hairline. And I'm Audrey Leach, director, editor, producer, and cliche NYU documentary... (laughs) film student. (laughs) We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Two Pink Productions, and we haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we are talking about 2011's Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. I know, I know. <laughs> Sharpay has always been in the spotlight. I'm about to start casting for a new musical on Broadway. Broadway? As in Broadway? But to follow her dream, I know of an available New York apartment equal distance from both Chanel and Wicked. (laughs) She'll take on her toughest role yet. This is a Roche Motel with no room service. What is that? Japan. It's a closet with a tongue. This is my place. Looking better, huh? Wow. A star is about to be born. We are thrilled to welcome one of the biggest stars around, Amberly Adams! I would be excited to work with you. But only one can be in the show. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. For me. Without me, there's no show. Nothing is turning out the way I planned it. Plan A, live in a penthouse and star on Broadway. Plan B, I don't have a plan B! Everything in your life so far has been leading you to this moment. The moment. The rest of my life is starting tonight. Feels like I'm finally on my way. I'm looking ahead. Can't tell where it ends. But I'm gonna try this time. The rest of my life. Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. Oh boy. Time <laughs> to talk about a special one this week. Video viewers can see that we are extremely pink. Yeah. Which was called for. If you haven't seen this movie, which I'm guessing a lot of you haven't, because let's be honest, we had all pretty much tuned out by the time this one rolled around. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just, you know, you know what? I'm just going to cut right to the chase. You have to watch it. <laughs> 
It's so I agree. insane. I you agree. have to watch it. It yes, I cannot wait to explain what makes it uh so special and unique, but we're gonna get into it, obviously. Ashley Tisdale. <laughs> Just like being an unproblematic queen <laughs> to the very end. I like saw a TikTok of her yesterday, just like showing her followers how she straightens her hair. Really? <laughs> yeah, like how she blows it out, basically. So before we get into the facts surrounding Sharpay's fabulous adventure, it is time for a nearly abandoned tradition of sleepover cinema, which is question for the culture. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? If I did make one, I probably wouldn't happen. (laughs) So So you don't have one. Or maybe instead of New Year's resolution, maybe just like goals for the new year. uh, Next year is extremely unknown to me at this time. (laughs) Um, I would like to have some version of a in-person job. <laughs> really? I'm kind of surprised. I mean, because I'm not, I have I am. J- only because I need to talk to humans. That's the only reason like that, that I actually mm-hmm. hate that shit, but yeah, you go too far the other way. Eventually you realize you talk to yourself all day, you know, you, you sing to yourself. Yeah. It's just like unnecessary. And it's, it's, weird to work with it because I have coworkers, but they're just all remote. Yeah. So, and I feel like it just made, it like gives them like an automatic negative connotation because yeah. you just hear like a nagging sound from like Slack or whatever. Like it, it has none of the charm of somebody knocking on your door and being like, Hey, can yeah. you do this? And all of the annoyance of like a notification. So it just makes you be like, I hate these people. (laughs) And you don't even know them. I will say (laughs) the current gig that I have, everyone is so ridiculously nice that when I get a Slack notification, I'm like not scared. That that would be a main one. It maybe it's not an in-person job, but it's just more more in-person engagements, period. Because it's not 2020 anymore. No, it's about to be 2024, which is very much not that. Yeah. My goal is to keep thriving and surviving and having a good time, which I feel like I am. That was really easy. (laughs) I know. Where is the challenge? Maybe do more drawing, actually get a full draft. Well, okay. So I was like, I'm going to get a full draft of the project that you and me are discussing that I won't say just for the drama done by Christmas. (laughs) What? Which would be nuts. That's not even reasonable. I know, but I kind of think I could approach it like a national write your own novel month, like 24 hour film festival way. And just to get a draft done. Yeah. So that would be fierce. We'll see how that goes. But that's not a new, it's, it's the opposite (laughs) of a new year, opposite of a new year's resolution. What can you do between now and (laughs) December 31st? Right, 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 right. Keep being a bad bitch in 2024. (laughs) That is a demand to everyone listening, to myself and to you, Audrey. 
That's that's the vibe. Are you ready to talk about Sharpay's fabulous adventure together no. today? <laughs> no. Okay, well, ready or not, here it comes. So, Sharpay's fabulous adventure was released on April 19th, 2011, straight to DVD. And then it aired as a DCOM on the Disney Channel on May 11th, 2011. Directed by Michael Lembeck, who was known for directing Friends, The Croft Super Shower, The In-Laws, Tooth Fairy, and The Click. Who could forget? He directed The Click and Santa Claus 1 and 2. The teleplay was written by Robert Horn. And I'm just going to say, we got 10 minutes into this movie and I was like, this has to have been written by a gay man. Like, there's no way that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so I immediately looked it up. He is a gay man just in case you were worried. He wrote the Sweet Life movie, Living Single, not all of Living Single, a single episode of Living Single, RuPaul's Christmas Ball, Bette Midler's Divine Intervention Tour, and Teen Beach Movie 1 and 2. He also wrote the book- Holy shit. To 13 the Musical- He wrote the book to Shucked, which was like a recent Broadway show. And he wrote the book to Disney's theatrical Hercules that like no one has seen because it hasn't been on Broadway. It was like a production in the park, in Central Park, I think a few years ago. And then of course, the characters from High School Musical are written by Peter Barsocini. He is like the guy behind the franchise. And then I just thought this was funny. The executive producer of the movie- is Ashley Tisdale herself. Girl boss. Seriously. All right. Synopses. <laughs> These are going to be interesting. Um, mm-hmm. IMDb. Blonde diva Sharpay Evans finally has her own adventure. She travels to New York City hoping to become the major star she believes she is. But she's about to learn that in the real world, leading roles aren't handed over to talented teenagers on a silver platter. Letterbox. After a talent scout spots her performing with her dog, Boy, at a charity gala. I hate it when people say gala. I don't like it. Gala? I don't know. Sharpay Evans sets off for the bright lights of NYC, convinced instant fame and fortune are in the bag. But theater is a dog-eat-dog world. Fortunately, Sharpay also meets Peyton, a handsome student filmmaker at NYU, who (laughs) finds Sharpay nearly as fascinating as she finds herself. That's funny. I like that last sentence. Yes. And finally, Rotten Tomatoes. A talent scout spots Sharpay Evans and her dog boy performing at a charity auction and sends them to New York City. (laughs) Thinking fame and fortune are easy to come by, Sharpay discovers the theater world is a dog-eat-dog world. And she gets down. She gets down until she meets Peyton, a handsome student filmmaker at NYU. (laughs) who is fascinated by Sharpay. He helps her overcome a scheming Broadway starlet and the devious owner of a pampered pooch named Countess on the road to success. Oh my God. So close to being the exact same thing as Letterboxd, but just enough for us to uh, be on our toes. At least they mentioned the scheming Broadway starlet. That's true. There's no taglines. No. Oh, God. Well, Hannah wrote some, so here they are. First is she'll bop all the way to the top. 
Second is Farewell Albuquerque. Hello, New York. I don't like that one. I'm sorry. It's not good. It's not good. And the third one, Time to Think of More Than Pink. not good. That's the stupidest one, but you know, I was trying to just, I was trying to rapid fire and come up with something. Cast. We have Ashley Tisdale as Sharpay. Need I say more? In a shocking reveal, Austin Butler as Peyton Leverett, who is Sharpay's love interest. He's also the NYU documentary student. He was Elvis in Elvis. The Baz Luhrmann Elvis, pretty recently. Also, to me, he was known as just like the boyfriend of Vanessa Hudgens for a long time. Yeah. Until this, which is funny because apparently they met through Ashley Tisdale, which I would buy. Did you see that TikTok a while back? It was from some interview that Ashley did where she found out that her and Austin are 10th cousins. (laughs) Yes, yes. Which, yeah, don't cast blonde people as love interests because- That's what I'm saying. The odds of them being related are just a little bit too high. Like, don't do it. (laughs) That is so true because I wrote down couples that are both blonde, ew, in my notes. So you're right. It's not cute. In addition to being Ashley Tisdale's cousin, he also was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Dead Don't Die. He was in The Carrie Diaries, Switched at Birth, Zoe 101. And then he was in one-off episodes of Jonas, Wizards of Waverly Place, Zeke and Luther, Hannah Montana. He's in the background of every episode of Ned's. Like if okay, you that's watch what I was about to show. Yeah. yeah. He's in every episode practically. And then he also was on iCarly. And like all the girlier shows, he's like a love interest for one episode. That is the vibe. We have Cameron Goodman as Amberly Adams and Bradley Stephen Petty. Perry. As, Perry. Is it Perry? Yeah. Well, he's also Petty, so it works. You as don't know Roger him from Elliston. I don't know. He is Mostly known for being one of the brothers in Good Luck Charlie. Cameron Goodman did not really have any particularly compelling credits, so I didn't put them there in in full respect to her. And then Alec Mappa is also in this. And to me, I always think of Alec Mappa. Ugly Betty. Yeah, Ugly Betty and like guest judge on Drag Race. The budget, we're not going to know that. That's going to be... um unclassified information. But after six weeks of release, it had sold over 400,000 copies and made over $7 million in sales. Considering they could only afford to have one wig for Ashley Tisdale, (laughs) clearly they made back their money many times over. And you can clock those Toronto streets. I mean, it's not even... It's not even a question. It really should be in the second half, but the fake Washington Square Park sent me (laughs) over the edge. The tiny round fountain, (laughs) so funny and just so wrong. I love when they buy stock shots of New York and then cut to like, the most rinky-dink city street you've ever seen in your life. Yep, yep. Uh, You know who did a better job? I mean, it's not amazing, but I feel Jump In did a better job. Yes. Because at least it's supposed to be Brooklyn. 
Like, I feel yeah. like at least that helps it a little. It's more spacious at the very least. <laughs> yeah. Critic opinions. The critic score was 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, which surprised me. And then otherwise, there weren't like a ton of critic opinions to come by because it is direct to DVD and like a weird spinoff. If young viewers thought Sharpay's rich daddy's girl antics were fun in High School Musical, seeing her try to make it in NYC will also be a treat. Though Sharpay's fabulous adventure doesn't have the same verve or originality of the High School Musical movies, it's still solid pink entertainment that should delight the target audience. And then there were some haters, but it was nothing particularly interesting. But I thought the kindness was good. Now, Common Sense Media. Audrey, would you take us there? Okay, Common Sense Media gave Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure three stars and said it was good for children eight years and up. High School Musical spinoff mixes pink finery with positive messages. Parents Mm -hmm. need to know that this High School Musical spinoff, which follows the character Sharpay after graduation, is what you'd expect from the squeaky clean HSM factory. For parents who might have forgotten the details of High School Musical, Sharpay is a self-absorbed rich girl caricature, and even past graduation, she continues to drop names of designer where and gets her daddy to pay for a whole month in NYC while she tries to make it big. But Sharpay grows up a lot here, realizing she needs to balance making sacrifices to succeed with staying true to herself. She also overcomes disappointment in positive ways. Families can talk about what drew them to this movie. Was it the high school musical pedigree? The cute (laughs) pooch? Now that it's a star is born type story instead of a high school story is it as fun no that's a that's a hard no no. what other high school musical characters would you like to see after graduation (gasps) that's the best question that they've asked so far and let's be fucking real it should have been the ryan spinoff and we all know it we all know it yeah agreed Sharpay puts an opulent lifestyle on display here, wearing fabulous outfits and lots of pink. Does it make her character more appealing? Does it make the brands of clothes and bags she mentions more appealing? What kind of loaded question is that? Common sense media loves to stir the pot. They love to ask leading questions that are like, don't you think it makes her shallow and stupid? (laughs) And I like to imagine that like, really passive aggressive moms with like deep personal agendas are writing the questions (laughs) for audience score and reactions. So the audience score for Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure is 43% and the letterbox average star rating is 2.6 stars. Here are some audience opinions from Twitter, from Letterboxd. This was a Rotten Tomatoes review. You can always tell because they are bad. Her adventure was like an adventure to me. It was crazy. I'll rewatch soon. All I want out of this life is another Sharpay's fabulous adventure movie, except without the man. She was doing just fine by herself. (laughs) Baz Luhrmann has seen Sharpay's fabulous adventure. So there was a picture of Zeke and Sharpay accompanying this one. Where was his fine piece of ass in Sharpay's fabulous adventure? I wanted a sparkly NYC romance where she's an actress and he owns a Michelin star bakery. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been valid for that. I know. The first like real like biracial romantic decom. <laughs> I know. Would have been great. But instead, 
they never acknowledged that plot line. I'm sorry to report that Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure was the first and only, to my knowledge, Disney Channel original movie to include an explicitly transphobic joke. I feel like it's a little bit of a reach, but the joke they're referring to is that the evil actress says to her assistant, like, something, 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 aside from catching some shade from the shadow cast from your madam's apple, which is how you know this was written by a gay. Okay, next one. Austin Butler is kind of borderline insufferable with this method acting business. Maybe we've seen Sharpay's fabulous adventure. Drop the Elvis accent. (laughs) Yeah, also the Carrie Diaries. True. I've never seen the Carrie Diaries, and now that I've watched Sex in the City, I feel like I should see it. They are completely unrelated. They have nothing to do with each other. Well, they theoretically they do. They literally don't, though. <laughs> like, they really? don't even sort of feel related. It's completely different tonally. In, in no place in my mind would is is Anna Sophia Robb playing young Carrie. Like, yes, it okay. is technically that, but it's nothing like that. All right, noted. Even like her personality, like there's just nothing that is similar. Okay. Basically, they were just like, let's call it this and then do whatever we yeah. want. And now the last one. LMAO, y'all, I'm screaming. I'm watching Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure and her love interest is played by Austin Butler, who's a Vanessa Hudgens person she's dating IRL. So you tell me Vanessa stole Sharpay's man twice? Real Jolene shit. Seeing that about her led me to um, watch the There Are Worst Things I Could Do YouTube performance of her right after her dad died. And it wasn't it's really a YouTube good. performance. Okay, you know what I mean. It's on YouTube. <laughs> it was an NBC Live yes. Greece. I believe it was, Fox. it was Fox. <laughs> it was Fox. I'm doing my best over here. I'm just grandma trying to keep up with all this random bullshit. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> not to be negative. I'm not being negative. We will, we will be negative. <laughs> Negativity. It's not bullshit. It's the gospel. Okay. I watched this for the first time yesterday. I had seen it once before. I think probably in like 20... 20- 15 or something. (laughs) I don't know. Sounds like the time that you would have seen it. Yeah. So it's on Disney Plus. You really must watch it if you haven't seen it. There are some lulls, but the high points make up for the lulls. No, the lulls are what you're there for. That's that's it. The lulls are what you're there for. Okay, I'm excited to talk it's about it funny. because there was there was a lull that I was like, holy moly, this needs to be over. So, oh, anyway. lol. I thought you were saying like, lol. Oh, you're there no, for the, the lols. The lols. But also L- the lols. L u l l. I'm there for the lolzs. I mean that too. <laughs> anyway, go watch it and meet us back here. Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. 
Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically, or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to this episode of Sleepover Cinema, where we will be discussing Sharpay's fabulous adventure. Mm-hmm. And I really kicked it old school for this, notes wise. I've got appreciate, worse now, dated slash problematic, worthwhile. Remember when we used to do Yay, that? Yes. Yeah. When we were organized. Good times. I always do it. I always write those categories. I just, we tend to just not follow them, <laughs> but I always write them. Immediately, <laughs> right off the bat, this movie starts and bam, we're in a musical number and we are witnessing <laughs> one of the most alarming hairlines in wig history. <laughs> yep. Although actually the first wig was with bangs. So I'm gonna take that back. The very yeah. first wig, not an alarming hairline because it's hidden. Which, why didn't they do that for the whole movie? I know. It's Give so her bangs. Bad. It's a great cheat code for yeah. a situation where you're not going to have a high quality hairline shown. Back to this opening number. Here's my take is, my take is, it felt like a drag race challenge. It looked yeah. like one. <laughs> and it sounded like one. There's a moment when you realize that something's changed. All the bits and pieces start And honestly, I know I've talked about this before. I have to have. But like my biggest hang up with the entirety of Sharpay's character is that like, and this is not a read of Ashley Tisdale because I love her for some reason, but like her voice is like not good. It's awful. It's it's, it's really terrible. Bad. It 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 makes no sense that her character wants to be on Broadway at all yes. when she pursues only the image of a pop star and is really only singing songs in a pop styling. Yes. Because she can't actually sing very well. So they need to apply the most severe pitch correction to this woman's voice. It's so bad. She does not know what vibrato is. She has not heard of vibrato. Ashley Tisdale's real pop songs that they released, some of them I I actually really like. Like they're not, it's not because she has an amazing voice. It's because she's selling it and she's dedicated. Yeah. Like he said, she said- Listen, yeah. the more talky ones, she's got it down because she's committed yeah. and she sells it. And I like that. But this is not <laughs> the plot line for her. 
why didn't they actually, wouldn't it even make sense for them to give her a pop star pivot? Doesn't that just yes. seem like the right move for several it reasons? Make sense. Yeah. Like, both for like Ashley Tisdale's real career moves and yeah. for her actual capabilities as an actor and for the image that Sharpay built in the high school musical movies. Yeah. It would make sense for them to say, for her to be really into theater in high school and to think that that's what she wants. And mm-hmm. then now that she's in this weird little gap year thing, it could even be extremely similar to what happens here, yeah. except for instead of a Broadway show, it's like you can audition for these label executives or something yeah. like that. We also need to talk about the complete nonsense, which is her like bumming around Albuquerque. Yeah. Like, wait, si- wait, 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 before that, she sh- also, she should be going to LA, not New York. That's my other thing. Yeah. That's an LA girl. She's in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, bumming around Albuquerque like she didn't have shit to do. Like what? Like what is she? And also, how does she have this like new clique of like random girls in her yeah. bedroom? And where's, and and why didn't we explain Ryan? I mean, I know technically he's a Juilliard, right? Or something. <laughs> well, if he's a Juilliard, why isn't he hanging out with yeah. her? That's the other thing. Ryan is not even explained as to why he's gone. And it hurts me. Yes, they don't acknowledge him, but I will say, I saw this online. In a scene exclusive to television and Netflix showings, Sharpay's twin brother, Ryan, on a break from his musical tour around the country, pays her a visit after she becomes a star on Broadway to congratulate her. When Boy escapes from Sharpay's apartment, she chases after him, and Ryan relaxes on his sister's bed until it folds back into the closet, taking him with it. tour, but I had to come into the city and see you and say, oh my gosh, you're a star. Go ahead. Oh my gosh, you're a star. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. Seems like yesterday we were putting on our little plays for mom and dad. And forcing the staff to write us fan letters. <laughs> and when we started senior year and we were planning our future, remember what we said we always wanted? To be famous and marry royalty. To have jazz dance steps named after us. So I looked up on YouTube and it kind of looks like it was a scene that played with the credits. But it wasn't in the version we just saw. We're so much worse off without Ryan here. Like I, I just I I feel his presence missing like a yeah. gap, like a a gash in my heart. Like I just need yes. him yes. back. I need somebody from the world other than the parents to like acknowledge Sharpay's existence because you're telling me this woman is going to premiere on Broadway and every bitch hates her so much that nobody is going to show up to this. Right. (laughs) I also, yeah, they could have been like in the audience really bad. The whole thing like tonally feels so much like we're in like a dream of Sharpay's. Like it doesn't feel like an extension yeah, of the of high the school universe, at, universe all. at all. But like I kind of live for it, but it's just weird. Yeah, it's super weird. It feels like another thing entirely. Also, I was kind of like gagged that we never saw Sharpay's room 
once in the high school musical movies when like that's such a great production design opportunity and like yeah you see it in this movie and it's like wow I wish we had something here before but we didn't I do feel like they tried to stay away from getting too personal with her character in the movies because they tried to use her as an antagonist more than once I mean to me it feels like a weird appeal to like the justice shopping crowd of 2011. Like, especially the way they have her dressed. It's like really tacky and like kind of like little kid-ish. The styling changed a lot. Yeah, like they dressed her like they could imagine her on a folder in Target for tweens. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like gaudy. It's like almost like TJ Maxx-ish. Like it kind of reminds me of that. Um, Like really over the top. The fashions, the hair, it was just pitifully off compared to the films, the initial three. Please tell me. What possessed Robert Horn? I think that was his name. Yes. To give us a dog plot line in this movie. It's like, wait, do you mean the fact that it's about a dog or the love yes. interest part? That Both. Yeah. Both. I don't think, I think that is actually what pisses me off the most. Like that yeah. is for sure what makes me the most angry. This is a case of, this is not what I want to see Sharpay doing. Yes. This is not. Yes. If, if we're going to go down this road, I want her to have a major arc. I want yeah. her to have, I don't want to be wasting time on dog comedic relief. It just, it kills me. Again, it kind of makes me think about the, justice shopping audience and it's like okay if they're trying to market this to tweens I'm sure they would think like oh girls like cute puppies they're not even cute though I know well the one is cute dogs neither of them is not cute I didn't think either of them were cute I thought Countess was cute Bradley Stephen Perry lip syncing for his life or is that supposed to be his actual singing voice (laughs) It's supposed to be his real voice. He's not lip syncing for his life. He's lip syncing to a robot version of himself pretty badly. It sent me to another plane. Like I just, I could not believe what I was seeing. I had to play it again for Hunter later because it was so crazy. It's so bad. And I thought, oh, because he like presses play on the iPod. So I, and and Ashley didn't do that. Like Sharpay's character doesn't mm. do that. So I was like, oh, maybe he is full on lip syncing. He probably did that because it was like a, like a wicka like remix of it like it wasn't it like wasn't. the same version it no, wasn't it was different even, it was different but it wasn't that different the conception of his character makes so little sense yeah like i think that so Where if you obviously parents? you haven't seen this movie i'm guessing a lot of you listening have not seen this movie bradley stephen perry is playing the dog owner of this little pooch countess <laughs> who is competing for a role in the new debut Broadway show, Girls, what is it? Girls Girl's Best Best Friend. Friend. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Which like, we got to talk about that later. Like, what do you think this show is about? Because <laughs> they, similar to the High School Musical discussion, yeah. what is yeah. Twinkle Town Musical about? What is yeah. Girls' Best Friend about? Yeah. Because the scene that they show is like so funny. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they're competing for their dogs to get this role in the show. And the whole setup is like a plot twist because Sharpay thinks that she is going to audition herself for this show. But then the guy who invited her to the audition is like, no, we were inviting your dog, not you. That And that's when the story just like took a complete downhill. no sign. <laughs> it goes so downhill. So fast. It's just it's trash because in the first like 15 minutes, you're kind of like, okay, this is about what I would expect. This is pretty much what I would think. And then yeah. they hit you with the dog plot twist and it's just depressing. Horrible. Now though, we must speak about Austin Butler here. I was just going to prompt you. So the, the the setup of his presence is that Sharpay's mom says, oh, I have a friend whose son is in film at NYU. I'm going to call her up and ask her Red to flag. ask him to keep an eye on you in New York. So that is exactly what happens except they just so yes. happen to meet out on the street because Sharpay goes to her new penthouse that her father is paying for for the month, finds out that dogs are not allowed to stay there, and then says, well, if my dog can't stay here, then I'm leaving. So she brings all of her fake Louis Vuitton mm-hmm. bag. Unless we are to believe that these are custom Sharpay Evans Louis Vuitton bags. Absolutely not. There's which no is way. possible. Um, like in story possible. I don't, not the actual bags themselves, but like I feel yes. like in story. In that's, the universe. Yeah. Yes. So Austin Butler just approaches her as she's sitting on her many fancy pink bags yeah. with his large, his like comically large camera. That he's and moving like, <laughs> around with like way too much ease. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah. he just comes upon her as a subject and he is like, hey. <laughs> it's like very Mark from Rent. Yeah. It's very that. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm filming you, blah, blah, blah. They find out he's there to go meet Sharpay in the building, supposedly finds out she's actually out on the street. She needs a place to live. So he says, why don't you come to this building that I live in that also has a vacancy that you can just basically have? You can (laughs) squat in this place. So she does. She squats there. But in the meantime, she is going to do a full renovation of the space without ever having signed anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're just going to giggle and laugh while he films her. Yep. Um, I also think it's funny that she never acknowledges that he's hot the entire time. You're going to make her boy crazy. And then once this like random boy who's equally hot is going yeah. to give you all this attention for no reason. And, and you're she's not like, gonna... she's so driven, Hannah. She's so career focused. She's so focused she's, on her dream. She's she doesn't a have woman. time for the most perfect looking specimen to be in right. her. Right. She doesn't right. have time for that. So it's okay in Aladdin, but when male characters in movies are like, do you trust me? 
mm-hmm. they like won't tell the girl where they're going. I'm like, don't trust him. Don't do it. You don't trust him. Why do you this? have no reason to trust him? No, there's no reason. Other than pretty boy privilege. One of my biggest qualms with this movie, like ideologically, is <laughs> Okay. I feel there's some mixed messages. What is Sharpay to have learned by this process? So so she, let me just tell you what basically ends up happening for those who don't know. She starts as the assistant to the star of this Broadway show. She's a big fan. Well, she doesn't start that way. She doesn't start that way. She starts as, my dog is auditioning for this show. She befriends the starlet then ends up becoming her assistant because her prior assistant sucked and got fired or whatever. She actually didn't suck. She was just very poorly treated. (laughs) Yes. Um, Which Sharpay does learn. So Sharpay is like, ooh, like I'm going to slide my way into fame by being the assistant to this woman and then my dog getting a role on Broadway. And then it's just Mm -hmm. a very like... I actually kind of thought it was a sort of a realistic, yes, sort of a realistic portrayal of what a lot of people think could make them famous or like could slide them into a successful position or like a way to like be in a show or be famous in some way by association. And that totally is a real thing. It just doesn't usually work like this. It yeah, yeah, work yeah, yeah. the way it did for her. All in all, I guess I can appreciate seeing Sharpay like have a job. But the weird part to me is the way that Austin Butler's character reacts to her having a job. <laughs> I know, I know. The devil wears Prada, but like yes. way less warranted. But like completely not valid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 100% invalid. Like Sharpay has had a job for like two weeks and yeah. she's like, you know, working the job. She's doing the job as she yeah. should be. I mean, what is she going to squat in this place forever? Like, what do you want yeah. from her? You want her to sit <laughs> at home and do nothing and so hang you out can with film you. her. Like, yes. it, it's just hilarious to it like- It made me think about Grey Gardens. I was like, is this Sharpay's Grey Gardens? He is right about that, but you can't come out and say that. You you, you can't piss off your subject like that. Like, yeah. He needs to be more subtle. He needs to be like, oh, why don't we shoot on Saturday? Like, he needs to plan shoots with her instead of saying, you've changed, you have a job. Demanding 24-7 access and emotionally (laughs) abusing at the same time. Yeah, it's, I found that to be so funny. And, and I hate it when, storylines like that end up being the lesson learned for the protagonist when it was completely uh, unwarranted. Sharpay did not need to learn that lesson. The lesson was not, you're working so hard. He basically tries to convince her that she's selling out, which is insane. Yes. It's the same thing as uh, Devil Wears Prada again. Yeah, but at least in Devil Wears Prada, we see the various ways in which she has changed over time and she is, her priorities are shifting and that doesn't always look good. Yeah, yeah. um, For her 
like personality, but Devil Wears Prada is so opposite. That's the thing. Yeah. Because she starts as being very down to earth and like not glamorous or whatever. And then yeah. she becomes what he, what her boyfriend says that she hates. Yeah. So Sharpay is a harder sell though. It's just that she didn't ever have a job basically. Right. Right. I actually, I wrote down having a boundary makes you a bitch. Like the part when he's like, come hang out with me. And she's like, I have to work. And yeah, it's nothing so like, mad. it's not one of those things of like, oh, sorry, I have to go hang out with these Broadway people. Like you can't come. It's not that. Yeah. It's, I have to do this bitch work right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, can you like, I'm sorry, but no. He meant to go for the you've changed plotline, but yes. ended, but accidentally didn't do it by making, like, she never actually changed in that way. Yeah. She didn't have that arc of becoming no. really shallow because you're starting with a character who's vain. I guess she learned, it was also confusing because she was like, if I, like, even after she got fired from, or she quit the job as an assistant, she was like, I might have to go home and, like, work. Work. But she just did work. You are working. It's, this is real bitch work that you're doing. I need to talk about what is supposed to be the 11 o'clock number of this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bruh. It's called New York's Best Kept Secret or whatever. Did you the, hear uh, that one lyric? <laughs> oh yeah, next thing you know, I'm a flop. Yes. <laughs> next thing you know, I'm a flop. <laughs> yes, uh, Josh and I both laughed out loud at that. Her performance does not match... Her physical performance does not match with the recording she did and that we need Leah Michelle ASAP. Yeah. No one but down. Leah Michelle is going to deliver on that empty stage. I know. Set up. I wrote down, it's not a barn burner. No. <laughs> but like, it's really supposed to be, but it's really, really bad. <laughs> Not a barn burner, but really funny to watch. I was desperate for it to be over. And at the same time, I was loving it. Okay, this is unrelated. Did you hear the line where (laughs) the line, I think it's like the director or the producer when he goes, where are those wonderful dogs in the background? (laughs) It's really funny. I'll have to send it to you. Josh was, uh, we were both really enjoying that line. The the like demeanor of the producer and director or writer and director or whatever, whatever it was made absolutely no sense. Like on what, even as a stereotype, it made no sense. It didn't like align with what you typically would see as the stereotype of a theater director where it's like, they're very serious. Like Miss Yeah. Yeah. Like they're like condescending. They have an attitude, like all that. But these, these dudes were like on 10. 
there are just a couple of really good little jokes that I wrote down. Uh, the line from Sharpay talking to her dad, there you go, believing everything you think. That was funny. Uh, her and her friends talking about the new apartment she got and how it's equal distance from Chanel and Wicked. That was <laughs> yeah, really funny. That's good. That was really good. That's a gay man um, line. I know that literally was the line that made me think <laughs> this has to be a gay man who wrote this. Mm-hmm. Also, the stupid joke about carb references. That was good. There's a lot of very clever jokes in this, despite yeah. there being some really bad moments. Like the whole part of the movie where it's like the actress trying to run the scenes with each of the dogs and it goes on for way too long. Yeah, and she's also bad sad. at acting. So it's confusing just overall. Yeah. That part, I was like, I need this to be over. Yeah, there's definitely parts where you're like, feet don't fail me now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I wish that it had like the facilities to become a like a cult classic. Like I wish because Rocky Horror style, there's so much material here. (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) that's very, very true. Like, I fear that I have to write that. I have to write that like handout where it's like we're this is like what we're going to do and what we're going to say at various points. Like in the choreographed numbers with the dogs, you can literally see the dogs looking off screen at trainers trying to get them to do what they need to do, which is a problem because um, Sharpay and Bradley Stephen Perry are supposed to be the trainers in the situation. So you're watching the dogs look at other people. It's not good. No, I would have been so mad if I, because um, Ashley Tisdale is an executive producer and I would have been mad that this was the story. I would have done everything in my power to eliminate the dog thing. What do you have under problematic? They're kind of funny. My bullet points are as follows. One, it's problematic that Ryan isn't in this. <laughs> Number two, why is Austin Butler shitting on her for doing her job tasks? Yeah. Number three, this cursed cover of baby. <laughs> and like the really weird editing of it too. Yeah, they, they yeah. put in this bizarre cover of baby by Justin Bieber for the dogs yeah. being in love section. And I hated yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and then I said, quote, you've had no time for me. Girl, it's been five seconds. <laughs> and finally, I don't like two blondes being interested in each other. <laughs> and so like, yes. That's all I put. I will say that my problematic thing was, and like, is it problematic or is it just funny? It's not up to me to decide. But in when like Sharpay is doing like her Broadway number at the end and there's like a black guy breakdancing for no reason. Oh my God. That's so classic Disney though. Like they always do that. They, I I feel like Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen is also a little guilty of that. Yeah. Because- you know, Eliza rocks. <laughs> Eliza rocks. Like, yeah. Oh, that makes me want to watch that movie again so bad. Raise your bars, children. Raise your bars, children. I can't actually, believe that's our first episode. I, I was thinking about it the other day uh, because I was like, I think we need to revisit it. 
pretty badly. You could say it's problematic, but it's honestly just funny when the when the main the shitty actress is like I always knew I wanted to be on the great white way and then she was like even though I like all colors I was kind of surprised that joke was in there I'm like did someone just like not check the joke that hard or like check the script that hard like despite everything I've said I really enjoyed watching this (laughs) except for the parts that were really boring I was entertained like 80% of the time. Feels absolutely nothing like High School Musical in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. One last thing to say is that there is no non-diegetic singing in the entire thing. Yeah, it's not a musical. Which is interesting. Yeah. High School Musical could never decide if they wanted to be a musical film or a film with music in it. They could never decide. Like... Fully, because it was yeah. there was always some diegetic and some non. Yeah. That's a lot of musicals. But I feel like the film aspect just always confuses it even more. Like if you're talking about yeah. like a stage musical that is about musicals, it's like, all right, we're going in and out. We're, our belief is so suspended. Our disbelief yes. is so suspended. Yes. But in film, sometimes it can just make it feel so like tonally off because you never really feel like grounded in the world, whatever it is. In in Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure, she's not doing any non-diegetic singing. And I kind of wish that she did. I wish she did. I well, wish she I did. guess the barn burner was non-diegetic. Wait, but isn't that real? Because they need... Oh, no. Oh, oh, no, no, no. That one is real. Because what it is is that Austin Butler had filmed her, right? Oh. And they're watching. All the Broadway people are... He's like, I can help you because I can show them you performing. Oh, okay. So that's how they... I blacked out during that part. Okay. That's why they're like, so yeah, that did happen. It just didn't happen in real time, but it did happen. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, there's that. I don't think that like it adds anything to the franchise, but like I had a good time and I think that makes it worthwhile if people can have a good time watching it. I think I could say I enjoyed it if the dog plotline was gone. However, with the dog yes. plotline, I can't really say there was enjoyment. Yeah. But I got giggles at some of it. It's like a meme. Yes. <laughs> with having watched this movie, I've gotten one step closer to uh, my eventual completion of the High School Musical canon. But that's coming from someone who has not watched any of High School Musical, the musical, the series. Shout out to this movie. I'm glad we watched it. And if you are a stan, I'm happy for you. And I would like to hear your opinion. And you're definitely younger than us, if you are. Probably. So happy new year to everyone listening. We will catch you in 2024. And until then... As always, you can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at twopingproductions.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Sleepover Cinema and post a full video version of each episode on YouTube every Thursday. You can follow me, Audrey, at Audrey A. Leach on everything. 
And you can follow me, Hannah, at Real Judy Garland on Instagram and at Lana Von Trapp on Twitter. And please, if you have not yet joined our Discord server, you are cordially invited. And the link to said server is in the episode description. You can check out our merch at twopinkproductions.com slash shop. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, and more. And if you are a Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure stan who's been waiting for the content, here it is. Share it with your friends, your parents, your siblings, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, five stars. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcast, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Roll Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Executive producer is Michael D'Aloya. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.